Art of the Kickstart, Episode 86. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating, creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Guys, I don't always recommend crowdfunding fulfillment, but when I do, I prefer eFulfillmentService.com. Guys, launching a Kickstarter campaign isn't exactly easy. That's why the majority of Kickstarters fail, despite how hard interns work. I put together a free six-step email mini course to try to eradicate this evil issue and help inventors and entrepreneurs everywhere. If you guys go to artofthekickstart.com slash checklist, you can get the new and improved six-step guide that's going to walk you step-by-step through making your Kickstarter, your crowdfunding campaign happen. Check it out, artofthekickstart.com slash checklist, and make your crowdfunding dreams happen. Guys, welcome back to Art of the Kickstart. We have an epic interview going on today. We have college inventor and wearable tech revolutionary Chris Wentz on the line to share the story of every key. This product that pretty much everybody everywhere can use. Thanks for coming on today, Chris. I'm pumped. Let's do this. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. I saw your website. It looks really cool. Really excited to be on the show. Oh, I'm pumped to have you on. So we kick these off with a life quote, a success quote. What do you got? A success quote? Do what makes you happy. How about that? Just to be really generic. Do what makes you happy. I love it. Cheesy cliche, but it is so true. If you're not happy, then what the hell's the point? Exactly. So, Chris, you guys raised over six figures on Kickstarter. You crushed it. But where'd the story come from? What is EverKey and where'd you guys start? We started this in a college classroom, actually. We're all students here at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. And we were in an entrepreneurship class. We were told to come up with just kind of any business idea that we wanted. It was so open-ended. We could come up with a product or a service, kind of anything that could make money. And we were all just sitting around talking about keys and passwords and specifically like locking ourselves out out of our dorm rooms all kind of had the problem that we would lock ourselves outside of our dorm room and the college here is just so bad at like you know helping you get back into your dorm so we were like hey what if there was kind of a more personal way to do this what if there was something that you're never going to lose and it manages all of these keys and all of these passwords so that you don't have to you know constantly worry about this stuff because it's it's quite a hassle i mean it's something that we take for granted when it's not or when we have it, but as soon as we don't have it, you know, it, it can really screw up our lives if we if we forget our keys or passwords. I mean, we're locked out of our life, literally. Um, so we came up with the idea for a wristband that would replace all of that, presented it to the class at the end of the semester, and the professor loved the idea so much that he wanted to invest his own cash to make it happen. So that's when we saw that it had some real legs, possibly. Wait, so I got to cut you off for a second. I heard present tense there. I heard we are students. Are you still a student while you're building this? Uh, that's a good point. No, I'm actually, I actually graduated last year. The reason that I said we are is because some people still are students. We definitely have probably about half of us in the company still are students. Most of them are seniors graduating right now. So that's, I guess that's good for us. Because Shoot, we're, we're how do you deal with that? How do you deal with some founders in college, some people out in the real world? What's the dynamic like? We're going to get back into the business in a sec. But how do you do that as young guys building the business? Oh, it's tough. I mean, it's a it's an everyday struggle for sure. 
I mean, people have homework and finals and stuff. I mean, people are going through finals right now, which definitely isn't great for our business. We definitely start to lose a little bit of traction as soon as people are going through finals. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's kind of just a, you know, take it one day at a time sort of thing. I mean, people work their own hours. Some people work the general nine to five. I'm personally not, not really into that. I mean, right now we're recording this podcast at, you know, 10, 22 PM my time. So I'm not really into the whole nine to five thing. I like to kind of, you know, just work my entire day, really kind of just wake up whenever, go to sleep whenever. But yeah, the students kind of, they, they find time outside of their school they're able to you know do it after their homework's done do it kind of you know whenever it's kind of it's kind of like their fun activity that they do you know after they're done with their obligations their schoolwork how do you deal with that i mean you're a student but you've got a real business how in the heck do you give a crap about your homework about finals about anything you're an entrepreneur <laughs> that's building something i would be taking like that entire term off and going balls to the wall on this where are you guys headed is everyone graduating yeah, everybody's going to be that. I guess that's the reason that people aren't just like quitting out of school is because everybody who's serious in the company only has one semester left. So they just want to finish up that last semester oh, and yeah. then kind of be done with school and then they can move on, I guess. That's, that's kind of when I was starting the company, that was my situation. I started it in my very last semester. So I was fortunately able to graduate and then I've been doing it full time since then. Yeah, just get it over with. You want to just be done with yeah. college, be on to building something awesome, which is clearly what you guys are doing. We've all had that experience. You lose your keys, you forget your password, password recovery. So you decide to build a business around this. How do you vet the idea? How do you start getting it out in front of people? What we first did was there's these things called business accelerators here in Cleveland, and we applied to a whole bunch of them. What they do is they invest a small amount of money into your company, and they help you with the business model and and all this, you know, great stuff in building a business. They help you find the right people to help build your product and, and all of these different aspects of building a company. We applied to three of them. We ended up getting into all three. So we were, you know, lucky as hell to have that, all those opportunities in front of us. We ended up getting a grant from the state of Ohio, which was also for 25, it was for $25,000, which was the same amount of money that the accelerators were offering. And they were able to take us through kind of a, you know, business plan development and kind of like a crash course and like how to start a company. So fortunately, I was able to do that. And it was a great deal because they didn't take any equity. It's kind of, you know, the state of Ohio's initiative to make entrepreneurship a big thing here. It's uh, entrepreneurship and tech companies are a very growing thing here in Cleveland. It's something that everybody wants to see, see get bigger. So fortunately, we were able to kind of be a part of that. So speaking of Cleveland's growth, I hear the Kings back. Are you guys going to be getting LeBron in an ever key anytime soon? Oh, that would be so cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, I actually, one of our marketing interns happens to know a guy who knows LeBron. It's a few degrees of separation, but that would be so cool to have him wearing one of our products. I definitely, that would be a dream of mine for oh, sure. Oh yeah, definitely. You know the Kings for getting his keys. But let's get back to you guys, back to the business. So you've got something awesome going on. It does take a lot to get a wearable tech kind of company up and launched. What are some of the challenges you guys have had as college students, as early entrepreneurs you want to share, help other people with? I mean, we've had every challenge you can imagine. Uh, you can imagine. I guess the biggest ones are always team issues. I mean, when you start a company, you're always going to have people problems. I mean, you're not all going to get along 100% of the time, if it were like that, I mean, everybody would start companies and everybody would be billionaires. But the reality of it is that sometimes you disagree, sometimes you don't get along. And 
I think it's the true testament of of a you know good team if you're able to get past that and still reach you know a good understanding and kind of you know realize that everybody has the the same shared vision. I think that that's something that's helped me overcome any kind of team issues. You know, just realizing that everybody here, nobody means anything bad. Like everybody, if you ever disagree with somebody, it's not because they're just being a dick and trying to disagree with you for no reason. It's because they think that there's a different path to your company's success than you do. How do you walk through that? How do you figure out what the best path is? Because that is one of the things when you get all those different personalities, everybody's got an idea, but their idea is not necessarily wrong. How do you decide what you guys are going to do as a company? I know you're the CEO. Yeah, that's a good question. It's something that we're still trying to figure out ourselves, to be honest. But we kind of, because we have a pretty large team at this point, we kind of just hold a vote if there's any kind of big issue that we're that it's not just kind of obvious if there's something that we want to do uh, and it's not like obvious what we should do. We'll just hold a vote within our team. And more often than not, we end up sticking with whatever that vote, you know, outcome is. I mean, I don't, I can't think of a time where I've kind of overruled the team. I mean, there have been times where I've been really passionate about something. I've had an idea that I thought was, you know, like knock it out of the park, home run material. And I pitched it to the team and other people didn't like it. And as a leader, I mean, I could easily just say, well, you know, screw you. I I still want to, you know, do this idea. But I haven't really done that. And I think that that's the right thing to do. I think that, you know, if if there's an overwhelming majority, you know, we kind of make decisions as a kind of a democracy, I guess. We kind of like all vote and determine what to do based off of that. Just so occasionally two brains are better than one. And you're doing this, you're building the business. You get advice and mentorship from your entrepreneurship professor, from the state of Ohio that's actually giving you the grant. What are some of the things you learned, some of the things that you think would be beneficial for other people to hear from your challenges and from what people taught you? I think that the biggest piece of advice that I've been given is to take other people's advice. When you start a company, you kind of have a grand vision of what you want it to be. You have an idea of what your product could be. And you you have an idea of how you want to execute it. But then when you actually get out there and you try to sell that initial product, you might find that people don't necessarily want to buy it the way that you originally wanted to sell it. I mean, when we first started Every Key, we went out and one piece of advice that people gave us was, hey, go out and talk to as many customers as you possibly can. So we went out and talked to literally hundreds of people just out on the streets. I mean, we just went to shopping malls and, and stores and we got kicked out of stores all the time doing this because they think that you're trying to sell a product when we weren't. We were just trying to find out what people want in keys and passwords. And we were just asking people questions. And that's kind of how we developed the product was based off of that consumer feedback. That is absolutely the lean startup. That's how you do it. If you're not getting kicked out of a couple stores, you're really not doing something right. <laughs> exactly. So you guys are doing this. You're building support. You've got this idea. How long were you working on EverKey before you came to Kickstarter? Uh, We were working on it for about two years. We had started it as a school project the first semester of my senior year, and that was, well, I I, I guess like the August or so of 2012. And it's now, you know, we went on Kickstarter in October of uh, 2014, so it was just over two years since we started the project. We really started taking every key very seriously in January of 2013. That's when the, the professor had invested his money, and that's when we really started moving the idea forward. What's it take to move the idea forward? That's one of the things. You're merging hardware software. What are some of the challenges of that? I mean, there's challenges every day with it. 
it's a constant struggle where we kind of, I don't know, if you surround yourself with the right people and you never, I guess when it comes to that, as long as you just never give up, you'll find a solution. You can move mountains if you just never give up. That's what I've found in entrepreneurship is that a lot of people have extremely great ideas. And there are a lot of people out there much, much smarter than me or anybody else at every key who are starting companies. And oftentimes I've seen that some of those people just aren't necessarily successful, just not, not because they're not, they don't have what it takes, but just because they find they hit a brick wall or whatever. And instead of like sleeping on it and trying to figure out what you could do to get past it, they just give up. And I think that that's biggest piece of advice that, that I can give about hardware and software development is that it's tough stuff. It's, it's really hard to find some of these solutions, especially when you're dealing with stuff that we're dealing with. I mean, we have to find like software solutions to, you know, bypass lock screens and passcodes and stuff. It's all stuff that, you know, a company like Apple or Samsung doesn't necessarily want you doing on their laptop or their phone. Some of them do, some of them support it, but it's not very well documented and everything. It's not that easy to figure out. So I guess just kind of never giving up, never just throwing in the towel. We've had a lot of engineers that have worked for us who told us that they couldn't do something. And, and I don't really like to work with those people. I like to work with people who, you know, say that they haven't found the solution yet, but they're optimistic and they think that they can find something in the near future if they just keep trying. Because that's what I found is you can solve any problem if you just keep putting effort into it. Absolutely. Brute force and ingenuity generally leads to something. And it's clearly leading to something for you guys. Where are you going next with Everkey? What's the plan post-Kickstarter? After you get everything fulfilled, how are you growing this business? It's definitely our big dream to be, you know, the only key that you'll ever need. So we want to integrate our device with as many locks out there. I mean, we want to talk to all the door lock companies. We want to talk to all the car lock companies, the bike lock companies, all these different lock companies out there. So we want to bring on those partnerships. That's one of our biggest immediate needs. For the future, I guess every key will eventually, most likely, I guess it's kind of inevitable that we'll turn more into a, I guess, more of like a protocol, kind of in the same way that you see like Wi-Fi. I'm sure, I, I don't know exactly how Wi-Fi was started. It was probably like a government standard or something. I don't know for sure. But let's say that in an idealistic world, there was a company that, you know, started Wi-Fi and they released like the first Wi-Fi router. I'm not sure if this is how it happened, but um, they would kind of turn that from like a hardware product into more of a, a protocol. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with every key. We're trying to turn it, you know, not just necessarily into a hardware company, but a hardware company that kind of develops this protocol that's widely used. That's our dream is that every access control mechanism out there is every key enabled, whether you're using our device or somebody else's you're using, you know, our protocol to kind of control that. And we just want all this to be easier. We want your access to all of your devices to be easier because right now it's so spread out. Everybody's got their own solution. Everybody's trying to innovate in one area. They're trying to make the access to your iPhone or the access to your, you know, Samsung Galaxy phone easier. They're not trying to make your access to everything easier. So that's our big dream. And I think, you know, what we hope to accomplish within the next few years. Yeah, you're open sourcing it. You're giving people the APIs, which means developers out there are going to imagine things you haven't even thought of at this point. Oh, yeah. That is absolutely incredible. That's what the power behind this Everkey tech is. I want to jump now into the launch round. How's that sound, Chris? Yeah. Have you ever wrapped up a thousand rewards and shipped them out to your backers when you're pressed for time? It is no fun. Trust me. If you're thinking about running a Kickstarter campaign and you're going to make it big, artofthekickstart.com slash EFS for your crowdfunding fulfillment. 
It'll help you make it that much easier. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. So, Chris, do you consider yourself an inventor or an entrepreneur? Definitely an entrepreneur. I I deal more on the business side than the engineering side at this point. Who do you look up to as a businessman? Who would you want to sit down to, pick their brain, and just go over things? Oh, God. I mean, there's so many of them. The guy who started Koningsegg, it's a car company. I have so much mad respect for him because he started his company when he was like 22 years old with absolutely no money. And he literally built a car company with zero dollars in the bank. So I would say that it would have to be him. That's incredible. I actually hadn't heard the story, so I'm going to have to check that out. And this is part of the kickstart, crowdfunding. Who have you loved? What campaigns have you backed? What have you thought is absolutely amazing that's been on the platform? I mean, I'm a big fan, not to just jump on that bandwagon, but Pebble Watch was one of my favorites. I think that was probably the very first Kickstarter project that I backed. I don't know, what they were doing was very inspiring. I thought that, you know, they were one of the first to market. There was one called Elevation Dock, which I really liked too. It was kind of like this aluminum dock uh, for your iPhone, and it was like just very well designed. And, you know, like quality was just, it was just reeking in quality. It just was this really nice dock. So, I definitely like to give a shout out to both of those projects. I think that they're but they're very big projects. I'm sure everybody's heard of them, but they were both very successful and, you know, I support them 100%. Yeah, Cameron actually came on the podcast, the Everduck guy. He also launched Nokia, which is something similar to what you guys are doing, Bluetooth for padlocks. Maybe you guys have a potential partnership in the in the works. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've would love to be the connector behind that. And <laughs> yeah. my next question for you Have you had any role models, people that have really helped you up to this point? What have they shared? What kind of advice did they give you you want to pass on? It's definitely the biggest advice that people give me on a constant basis, which I think is super helpful, is talk to customers. I mean, you have this idea in your mind as an entrepreneur about what you think people buy. And oftentimes, it's very close to being right. Oftentimes, there's just a couple tweaks that need to be made. But it's those tweaks that kind of turn it into a you know, want it kind of product to a, you know, need it, got to have it sort of product. So talk to your customers as much as possible. Get out there and, you know, just if you don't have customers yet, obviously just go to like shopping malls or whatever. Just go to wherever you think you'll find your customers and and talk to as many people as possible. And do it until they kick you out because that's how you know you're going for it. Last question question of the launch round, Chris. Business books, life books, any that have been real influential you want to share? I'm not a huge books person. I, I, I'm more of a visual per, or like a, a visual and auditory type of person. So I watch some YouTube videos about entrepreneurship. Uh, I'm really into like the TV stuff. Like I love Shark Tank and The Profit on CNBC. Some of those shows are really interesting, but I'm not a big books guy. So I, I can't say that I have any that I'd recommend necessarily. Speaking of Shark Tank, have they reached out to you yet? Haven't you guys come on? Seems like you got an awesome <laughs> product for it. Yeah, we, we're, we're kind of talking. Uh, our vice president of operations has a connection with Shark Tank. Let's just put it that way. I can't really talk much more about that, but it would be super cool to be on Shark Tank. And it's definitely something we're pursuing. That is incredible. Can't wait to see you in the fishbowl going head to head with Cuban. <laughs> that would be quite something. Let's jump back to you guys, back to the business. You guys crushed it. You raised $117,000. What'd you learn? What would you do differently if you were relaunching that you'd share with others? 
You know, that's a that's a really timely question that you're asking because just earlier this morning I met with somebody who's starting a Kickstarter and I came up with this list of like 50 things that I would do differently. So, I mean, I'm sure you don't want me to go through this whole list, but what would I say is the most important? I think it's all in the press. I think the, the way that you handle press is extremely important because they're going to drive most of your traffic to your project. And I think that one of the things that we did wrong was we only reached out to press about a week before our campaign launched. I think that everybody starting a Kickstarter campaign who's listening to this right now, reach out to them much earlier than that. Reach out and be very personable about it. Don't just find some giant press list because you can Google press list and you can find 5,000 reporters on one list. And you know we tried that method too, but it's just spammy and it's annoying and it's not something that anybody likes and you don't get many responses from it either. So you know, try to find you know media contacts that you really like. Like if you've read an article by a you know by a writer that you really like, reach out to them, tell them that you really like their article. Be very specific. They like to know that you enjoy their content, and you'd be surprised at how easy it is to get these kind of introductions. But reach out to them early. Reach out to them a month before your campaign launches. That would be the biggest piece of advice I would give somebody, and something that we would do differently if we were to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking the products you have, you guys could have raised significantly more just based off of how epic you did the video, how awesome it was. I mean, you still did a great job. You're still going places. And tell your friend, check out Art of the Kickstart. That's what it's here for. I'm trying to build something for people like him to help launch epic crowdfunding campaigns. So that's a great idea. I'll definitely definitely let him know. Yeah, we can. uh, He can listen to your interview and be inspired and want to one up you maybe. And let's hey, go. Yeah, maybe we'll have him on the program. How oh, cool yeah, that that's be? always the goal, to get people that learned back on here to share how they absolutely killed it. Let's, oh, yeah. let's start wrapping this up. I know it's getting late for you. My last question for you, Chris, you've been an awesome guest. I think you shared a really cool story. Let's say that you had one last thing to share with people. What haven't we covered that you would want to tell people, share with them? Make sure they know about launching a campaign, about building a business, starting something, being a college entrepreneur, anything that you've done. Sure. I think when you first start out, you're going to have a lot of doubters and a lot of haters. A lot of people are going to say that what you're doing is useless and you should just go get a job, especially as a college student. There's a lot of pressure to go get a job. Don't listen to those people. Ignore them. I mean, that's just noise. Those people don't see the same vision that you see. If you truly believe in something and you you know in your heart that you can make something a reality and you work hard enough to do that, you can make it happen. Anybody, I'm not an especially smart person. I mean, I'm a, I'm a very average student. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not smarter than anybody else out there. And I was able to make this happen just by kind of ignoring all the haters and just, you know, making it happen. And ironically, some of those same people who said that it wasn't going to work out, you know, they're now asking me for jobs. So I guess that's kind of funny. It's kind of a, interesting little tidbit it is absolutely the truth there's an interesting rap quote i can't totally throw it in because it's explicit but you gotta make (laughs) these effing haters believe it and that looks like that's what you guys are doing let's wrap it up with that chris thank you for coming on today where is the best place for people to check you out reach out get in touch with kick ever key or just tell you thanks for being awesome (laughs) yeah for sure you can check us out at everykey.com e-v-e-r-y-k-e-y Com. Right now, you can pre-order our product. It was available for $50 on Kickstarter. Right now, it's currently available for $75. And we might have some special promotions here and there. But yeah, right now, it's $75 on everykey.com. 
uh, it'll go up further once the product's actually out there. It'll be a hundred bucks retail. So you know, get yours while you can, while it's still a discounted price. Absolutely, keep it up. Keep it hot. They're running out soon, guys. And that is an epic domain name. I am impressed that you managed to pull off Everkey. Thank you for coming on today, Chris. You've been awesome. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. This was so much fun. Oh, yeah, it was great. Even though you might be a little bit bit tired. Go, uh, Go get some sleep, man. Hey guys, I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe inventors, innovators, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. If you like the ideas in this episode, or you're interested in learning more about crowdfunding and how to kill it with your own Kickstarter campaign, you can check out more at artofthekickstart.com. And if you've been listening to the show, love the episodes, but you're not subscribed, that's got to change. You can go to artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher and get the episodes delivered magically to your phone. And if you like the show, I would love you forever if you leave a review on iTunes. It helps more aspiring inventors and creators out there find the show and find the information they need to kill it on Kickstarter. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys, and have an absolutely epic day.